we're really privileged as, as, as a community in Ballarat because like, even today, for some of you, some of you may know Paul Ma, he's a, he's a friend of the house. And um, this is, I think, the second, second time that he's jumped into our roster to help us out. Um, he's played in here many times with his own bands and at worship nights and things like that. But I love the community that is continuing to grow through Ballarat. You know, Paul's from York Street and here he is helping at Mount Clear. Every once in a while we see, you know, for those that, well, you all know Barry and Jen, but we see Barry and Jen's son, you know, um, Ben coming to play drums. Yet he's at, you know, Hillsong, I mean, Hilltop Church, you know, over at, at BCF. And the churches, we're helping each other. And I think that's to be celebrated. Amen. Yeah. So having said all that, my time started one minute early, but that's okay, I'll live with it. So I'm going to get my water. I've got a really cool message that'll depress you initially, um, and, and, and then I'm hoping it'll bring some hope, yeah? I'm not sure how we're going to go. I, I have this thought that we're at the beginning of the year, we're in February, did you know there's 11 months until Christmas? <laughs> like that's how quick... The year's moving, and, and I think for us as, as Christians, we need to be ready to tackle a new year. It's not 2019, it's not 2018, it's not 2017, it's not the year that you got you know, your, your, your prized possession, it's not the year that you, you won your spouse, it's not when you, you landed that marvellous job. We're in 2020, and God has a, 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 a brand new you know, season ahead of us. And I think as Christians, we need to be equipped for that. And over the weeks, we've looked at some of that. We looked at, at being people like Joshua who were fighters that have become uh, warriors throughout worship. And then we looked how David worshipped really freely. And, and, and we even looked at changing some of our mindsets even last week, moving out of a seat over here as an orphan. We're saved, but we have this orphan mentality where I'm not good enough. Oh, God, I'm so thankful that you saved me, you know. Oh, woe is me. Have you ever been with someone that's ever said grace like that? Oh, Lord, we thank you for this provision. Us human worms, God, we thank you for the food that you've given. You ever sat there with someone? Oh, I have, and, and it's not fun. Anyway, you, you want to sit over here where it's like, Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross, but Lord, now I'm a son and daughter. Now you have equipped me. You know, and we need to be aware of some of the things that he's given us and equipped us with so that we can fight a really good fight. You know, life throws lemons. Who knows that? You know, and lemons, actually lemons these days are really expensive. You know, aren't they? Why is that? They're bitter. They serve no purpose except for in a corona. I didn't say that. We'll scrap that from the message. Like, you know, they don't serve a real lot of purpose. Oh, maybe lemon cheesecake. Okay, I'll go with that or lemon meringue. But... Life throws lemons at us all the time and, and we need to know what to do when they come, yeah? We need, to do, we need to know what to do when they come or even not so much what to do but who we are because knowing who we are actually determines how we walk through the moments that life throws lemons at us. So, unfortunately, I want to let you know that this year, 2020, um, Many of us may actually go through the most difficult times that we've ever gone through. Now, there's a reality and a good percentage chance that that's going to happen for some of us. Yay! Thank you, Andrew, for inspiring us this morning. Let's come to church again. No problem. And 
Some of those difficult times won't happen once, but they'll happen twice. They might even happen three times. They'll happen over and over and over again. But in saying that, I'm encouraged when I look at King David's life. Because King David is a man after God's own heart. Yeah. I, I, I love that thought. Acts 13.22 says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. There are, there are a couple of things that encourage me in this little passage, just for a moment. And, and that's even if we make mistakes, because who knows that David made mistakes? If you know the story of David, you know he made mistakes. But God actually still sees and looks at David's heart. He's made mistakes, but God, you've got to remember, God knows everything. He knows what David's going to do, but he still says, I found a man after my own heart. Yeah, we're going to, we have to know that. So that when we're making mistakes, that doesn't rule us out yeah, of God's service, just putting it out there. And even though we have struggles and trials and stuff that we're going to go through, it never disqualifies us because God looks at our heart. And so I, I want to hone in on that a little bit because David had a stack, of, stack of, a stack of struggles even as he walked into his destiny. As he walked into his destiny, life threw lemons at him over and over and over again. And so we're going to look at David and Goliath. And I, I'd imagine that most of us here know the story of David and Goliath. Yeah, He's a young man. He's tending his sheep. His brothers are at war. There's a giant named Goliath. He's legitimately a giant. He's built like a brick outhouse. Yeah, He walks up for 40 days. He walks up. He has a go at everyone. He mocks the king. He mocks the armies of Israel. He, he mocks God himself. He just does it. 40 days, he keeps doing it. Just totally doing it. Everyone else, is, they're petrified. They don't want to fight this one man to get to the Philistines to actually fight. They won't go through that one person. And then one day, he's David. He's looking after his dad's sheep and his dad says hey why don't you go and um, see how your brothers are going why don't you go and so we want I want to jump into the reading at first Samuel 17 and from verse 17 and it says now Jesse said to his son David take this is it Ephah will that do yeah my pronunciation is never great Ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of the unit. Ooh, I would like that. See how your, brother, your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of the shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. You've got to think they did this every day and they never moved. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, they call him a champion from the start. You know, this guy has a reputation. You know, it would be like you going to the Australian Open for the first time and you're about to play Roger Federer. They'll tell you he's, no, he's number three, but he's the best the world's ever seen, and you're about to fight. Like, that's what it was like. This guy has got a reputation. He stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw this man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now, the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth. 
to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in, in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes the, this, the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Back then, you know, that was, that was really saying something. Could you imagine now if someone, you know, they cut you off on the road and you wound down your window and you said, who are you, you uncircumcised fellow? Like it does, doesn't have the same tenacity and ring to it anymore, does it? But back then, thems were fighting words, you know? I love it because the story starts to get good around here, you know? So David hears all the stories, but... What happens? He gets this fire in his belly. He's just arrived. He's heard the story about the king offering this and that. And then he sees the champion, Goliath, in his defiance. And within David, there's this stirring. Like, who the flippin' beep does he think? He beep, he is. How dare he speak to the king? And my God, I will beep, 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 beep. The whole episode ruined because of the words I reckon he would have chosen, you know, the veracity. Because it was stirring, stirring in his belly. He can't help himself. See, David has the breath of God inside of him. The actual life of God, the spirit of God inside of him. And he can see what he considered to be wrong. Something he considered to be wrong. For some of us it could be an injustice of, of sorts. But there's a stirring where he can't help himself. And he's like, man, I am going to do something about this. From the, moment, from the moment of creation, Father God breathed into everybody yeah, his life. His life. When his life is in us, whether you're a believer or not, you have the ability to know the difference between right and wrong because there's a part of God in you. Yeah? So Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. So from that point, every person that's had that breath inside them has life flowing through them has God flowing through them. David has this flowing through him. He has God's spirit in him. So he's ready to run. He's ready to do battle. You know, he's ready to go for it. And, and interestingly, the word for breath there is a Hebrew word, and I won't pronounce it right again, but it's neshema or neshamor, really, because it, it, they always pronounce it differently. But it actually, it just literally translates to breath, to life, to the persons alive. So each and every one of us has this breath within us. And I want to suggest that it's that breath, that life within us, that when something's not right, starts to stir when you think, mm, it's not right. Oh, that's rude. Oh, come on, don't be like that. You know, like there's, there's something inside of us. I want to suggest it's that. Because I love this thought. His breath, receiving the neshama, suggests, yeah, you know, love this. The fact that we have the breath of God suggests that we are like God. Yeah? The fact that we have the breath of God suggests that we are like God. And for all of those that love their pets, I'm really sorry. It's not for them. Yeah? It's not for Coco at home. Sorry, Mel. It's not for Jazz. This Nishima 
is for us. Because in Genesis 1.25, God makes all the creatures, he makes all the life. So this is an offshoot. I just, just want to throw it out there. He makes all the animals in their own likeness. In their likeness. He made the animals in their likeness. He made the livestock in their likeness. He made the creatures in their likeness. But then it gets to verse 26 and he makes us. And the Godhead is speaking and he says, let's make them in our likeness. I love that. In our likeness. So now he's making man in his image. How did he do that? I think it was that verse we read in, verse, in Genesis 2.7. After he formed, he breathed his breath into us. You know, the fact that we have his breath means that we are like God. David we reacted at that point because he was like God. Yeah, he had a heart after God's own heart because he had God's breath, God's life inside of him. You know, when you, when you have that moment where something's like, oh, I guarantee you, it's because you have God's life inside of you and there's a part of God in you from the very beginning, whether you're a believer or not. Anyway, so David, David decides he's going to fight Goliath because he feels called to it. It's this breath inside him. It's this part, the spirit of God inside him that's leading him there. He knows that he's created and he's called to serve the living God. He knows it. He totally knows it. Ever felt like that? Ever felt like you're just totally called to serve God, to love God? You have moments. I know we all have moments where you think, I'm going to walk away. No one here, I know, just the pastor. But, you know... I think we all have moments where we just, man, I, I, I'm just called to serve God. I'm called to love him. I'm called to worship him. I'm called to share about him. It doesn't matter how much I muck up. It doesn't matter how far I walk away. I just end up here again with you, God, yeah? What many of us don't realize is that that thing within us, it's inescapable. You can't get away from the fact. You know, if you don't want God inside of you, stop breathing. Just do that. You don't want God? Oh, you don't believe in Jesus. All right, can you give God his breath back? Thanks. You know, just give, his, give the life back. You don't, you're not happy with it. I'm sure God will take it back. Thanks. He'll share it with somebody else. Not your pets. Anyway. So David has this stirring within him and he's going to go fight Goliath and it's at this place where he, the first lemon smacks him in the head. First of life, life's you know, setbacks. You've got to think he's, he's got a stirring within him. The life of God is inside of him. He, he, he sees this thing that's just not right. This man, he defies the armies of the Lord. He, he's being rude to my God. How dare he? I'm going to fix this. And so he steps towards his God call. Yeah, Think about this. For some of us, or some of you that have stepped towards your God call, he steps toward the destiny that God has for him. And life hits him. It's right here yeah, that all these doubts start to hit David. And he's ready to tackle Goliath. He's ready to do it. And yet rejection comes to the party. Rejection. This year in 2020, I believe that some of you, some of us are going to achieve the greatest things we've ever achieved. I believe we're going to do and reach the places that God has destined for us before we were even born. But I also believe there is going to be some rejection along the way that's going to try to stop us and hinder us as children of God. Yeah. So rejection comes to the party for David 
And of all places, it comes from his brother. It, it comes from family. So David was still a teenager. He wasn't in the army. He, he was just taking supplies to his, his brothers that were on the front line. And when he got to the camp, he heard about Goliath. He had this stirring. He heard about the taunting. He saw the defiance. He's freaking out. He goes, I can't, do, I can't let that happen to my God. I'm going to stand for him. He asks, who's the giant? What's going on? Take me to him. But his brother, for some reason, didn't appreciate David's fervor or curiosity at all. In verse 28, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, it says, When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. See, in 1 Samuel 16, before all of this, we see that David had seven older brothers and the prophet Samuel comes to Jesse's house to anoint the king. And so Jesse starts bringing out his sons one by one, starting with the eldest, and he starts with Eliab. And, and, and Eliab comes out. Eliab, he, he was a lot, he was the biggest, he was the strongest. He, they say that he was totally handsome. He, I, I guess he was the Dwayne Johnson, Andrew Battistella of, of this century. I don't know, you know. But they, they, they bring out the strongest, you know. They, they bring out the guy and, and, and Samuel goes, no, nah, no, nah, not him. We can bring out the next one. And one by one by one, they kept running through all the brothers, yeah. And Samuel kept saying, no, nah, not him, not him, not him, not him. Until they get to David. David was so young that Jesse didn't even bother bringing him to the line at all. He wasn't even going to be part of the equation, yeah? But Samuel asks to see him, and when David arrives, he goes, that's the one, anoint him. Anoint him. How do you think Eliab felt that day? He, like, he had it all. He, he had it all. He had the biceps, the triceps, the pecs, had the intelligence, had the looks, had the height, had the strength, had it all. Had his dad's favour, had everything, and yet he's totally rejected. I reckon he would have been absolutely jealous, furious. You know, this sucks. Call yourself a prophet, prophet Samuel. You got no idea. You know, hello, it's me. I'm the one, the future king. You know, like I just. I just figure he, he would have been thinking he was in a Stranger Things episode in an upside-down world, you know? He wasn't chosen as king. David was. The kid who wasn't even in the lineup. So here's Eliab rejecting David out of his rejection of being rejected. It's a tongue twister. Try saying that a few times fast. Eliab felt rejected, and rejected people reject people. Yeah. yeah. Ever been rejected by family? Ever shared what you felt like God was saying? Told you're not good enough to do it? Don't have what it takes? You won't amount to much? Don't, don't, don't aim for that. Maybe, maybe settle somewhere lower. It's more reachable, more achievable, more realistic for you. Told not to dream too big because it's just totally unattainable? This is what's happening for Eliab. 
You know, as a side note, if, you've, if you feel rejected or you've ever been rejected in the past, it's likely for a lot of us that we're passing on that sense of rejection to other people around us without even knowing, yeah? Now, I don't know how because it doesn't say, but somehow David moves past the rejection of family, yeah? And so he's moved past that, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to do this thing. The king calls for him, King Saul. So he starts moving towards his God call, starts moving towards his God destiny, and another lemon hits him in the face. Even before he's fought his battle, even before he's beaten the giant, even before he's actually achieved what he's wanted to achieve, he gets rejected a second time. And this time, it's King Saul. This time, it's a man that he looked up to. It's a man he admired. You know, Saul says to David in verse 33, Saul replied, you're not, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're, only a, you're just a young man. And, and he's been a warrior from his youth. What he was saying, in other words, is, hey, David, you're not good enough. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. Dude, you're going to get killed. Yeah? And I think if you and I here are to be totally open honest and transparent because that's what we teach and breathe here at Mount Clear I think we've all felt like that at one time or another or heard something like that at one time or another maybe with different words you know we look to someone for their support for their encouragement we looked up to someone that we admire could be a leader teacher who knows a workplace boss I don't know a parent but instead, we got words that said, you're never going to do that. Don't get any crazy ideas. You know? <laughs> Don't give up your day job. You're not smart enough, talented enough. You are certainly not beautiful enough. I should have picked Elliot, really. You're not worthy. And in fact, you're not wanted. Somehow, David moves past that again how, how does he do that how does he get rejected a second time and on the way to his god's call on the way to the destiny that he has that's going to set him up for for the rest of his life or what god has in store for him he gets done twice by rejection and so somehow he dusts himself off and moves past that rejection only to walk into another one. Number three. If two aren't good enough, we'll go for threes. Don't they say bad stuff comes in threes? All before he reaches the giant, all before he does battle, all before he reaches the place that God's leading him to. But this time, this is the weird one. Because sometimes your destiny, sometimes the God call on your life, sometimes the giant that you have to face is the very thing that's going to reject you. It's the very thing that's going to come against you to tell you that you're not good enough to take it down. We've been talking about it, how the walls of Jericho came down, how Joshua, at a moment of encountering God, turned from being a, a fighter, a warrior, to a worshipper. And in surrendering to God, the walls came down. There are times where we need to know how to fight. See, as David got closer to David, the scripture shows that Goliath, Goliath hated David, never met him, but totally hated him. Totally, totally hated him. 
In verse 42, in 1 Samuel 17, it says, it, He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. That would be like, oh, we send my son Samuel out to battle, and Samuel, you know, because he, he just has that swagger to him, and the big giant looks at him and goes, you don't even have a pimple. It's not a wrinkle on your face. You're a pretty boy. If you get close to me, I'm going to wipe the dirt with you. You're not even worth my time, sunshine. That's what it was like. He looked at him and thought, how can this little boy with beautiful rosy cheeks come against me? In fact, that's an insult. I and something in Goliath was like, I hate this kid. I ha I and it says, and he despised him. Goliath couldn't believe that a fresh-faced pimpleless boy would actually have the audacity to step up to the line but this beautiful little handsome fellow yeah, had already been through two lines of rejection that was trying to stop him fulfill his destiny in first samuel again verses 43 and 44 he said to david am i a dog this is how much he hates him am i a dog that you come at me with sticks and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Like, this is amazing when you think about it. First, David gets rejected by his older brother because he's rejected from being rejected. So he's totally hurt, pierced by family. You know what that can be like, yeah? Then second, he gets rejected from the king, the person he looked up to and admired and wanted direction from. Wanted help from, wanted support from, courage from. He gets rejected by him as well. Only then to get to the actual fight, to get to the giant that's in his life. And, and Goliath despises him and rejects him as well. David just can't win. You know, that means for you and I in 2020, some of us, some of the giants that we have to face, that have to come down in our lives this year, they're going to come at us with rejection. They're going to look at you and me and say, you know what, you're too pretty, you're too small, you're too weak. I'm, I'm here to stay. I'm called a stronghold because I've held it strongly and I'm not moving. Don't even bother. Just go on. Take your fight somewhere else. You know, I'm actually encouraged by all of David's rejection encouraged by finding David in this level of battle and despair because it gives me hope as I watch how he deals with it yeah Mel and I and the boys watched a really good Australian movie I know that that's almost an oxymoron because there aren't very many good Australian movies these days so um, I'm into Marvel Universe and DC all the good movies anyway having said that we'll we'll keep moving forward and, and Karate Kid probably. Anyway, so we saw a really good movie and it was called um, Ride Like a Girl. Is that right? Is that, did I get that name right, Mel? With Michelle Payne. And she's the, you know, not the first ever female jockey, but she's the first ever female jockey to ride in the Melbourne Cup. And she's the first ever, um, well, at least the first ever female jockey to win the Melbourne Cup. It's a really good story. It gives you a lovely picture of her determination and the family, etc., um, but in it, there's this one line that just stood out to me, and, and Mel will tell you, I pulled out my phone and I scribbled down 
Yes, I can write on my phone. So I scribbled down on my phone the line straight away and I thought one day, because we must have watched it, what, three weeks, a month ago? I thought one day I'm actually going to use this in a sermon. It's such a good line. It comes from her father in the movie. Yeah, and he utters it maybe two, three times during the movie. Now he's talking about horses. He's talking about a horse. But he, but he says this, With their lungs they run. With their heart they persevere. Yeah? With their character, they finish. Now, I love this because I see it at play in our lives every day. And, and you've got to give me some latitude. So with their lungs, they run. What's in lungs? Air's in lungs. Breath. Breath is in lungs. David had the ability to fight and knew he had to fight because he had the breath of God in him. Yeah? With, with their lungs, they run. So for us, I'm taking liberty this morning, but with our breath, we run the race. Yeah? With our hearts, we persevere. And with our character, we finish. Because this starts to make sense, sense to me, because if we want Father God to reveal things to us this year, if we desire to grow into the image of Jesus more and more with ever-increasing glory, then we need to know how to stand. We need to know how our fight, you know, or how to fight, if you prefer, yeah? So I've already mentioned the, the Neshama, the breath of God that's in us, that says, hey, come on, this isn't right. You need to do something. That stirring within you, yeah? His spirit, it's, it's his life in us. But, and, and that gets us going every day. It's actually, if, if I was to share another scripture, just, just for the sake of it, Job 33, 4, the spirit of God has made me, the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's the same breath, the Neshama. So when we face our rejection on our way, we need this inside of us, but it needs to be a little bit different. See, with their lungs, they run. With their lungs, they run. With their lungs, they run. With, with our breath, you know, we can fight this battle. It's still the breath of God, but it's a, it's a different breath because when, when our hopes and our dreams, when they seem dead and buried, yeah, when they seem all kaput, you know, finished, when you feel like you can't go on, when rejection has smacked you down again, and you, 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 seemingly you feel totally inadequate and you, you need strength and courage, then you need the breath of God. But what you need is this. You need Ezekiel 37, 1-6. The hand of the Lord was on me and brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. You may not see bones that are very dry, but I guarantee you that each and every one of us have dreams that are dead. I guarantee you that each and every one of us had moments where we had pictures of ourselves, like an Eliab, you know, perfectly shaped, moulded, but now the picture of yourself is not the same, it's different. Stuff that was alive in you once is now actually, it feels like it's almost diminished and gone. Promises that you heard from God, you've, you've got in a book somewhere, maybe in a folder, but you don't remember them, they're all but dead. It's at this moment, yeah, this moment from verse 3, he asked, Ask me, son of man, can these bones live? Can these dreams live? Yeah? Can you actually get up after your first bout of rejection? Can you actually go on after everything else has fallen apart? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. 
Yeah, this is a second coming to life. Yeah, this is something that you need when you're knocked down. Yeah, I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. You will come to life, and that you will know that I am the Lord. The word here, breath, is not neshama. It's actually the ruach of God. And the ruach of God, yes, it means breath. It means wind. But you know what it also means? It means strength and it means courage. And so when stuff's coming against us, when we're walking to Towards the call of God in our lives, when we know that his destiny is leading us that way, but we get hit with rejection, we need to know that within us, it's actually there, is the ruach of God, the courage and the strength of God. That's why David could get up. It was the Neshama, the breath of God, the life in him that said, that's not right. But when he got hit, when family, when the rejection of family nearly wiped him out, yeah, because that's how hard rejection from family hits. It was the Ruach of God that got him up and kept him going. See, when we face rejection this year, and we will, we need to remember that it's his breath in us. It's his Ruach, his strength, his courage. That gets us back on our feet and we're moving forward. And like David, just as we start moving towards our destiny again, just as we start moving towards our call again, then he got hit with a second lemon. And when that happens in our lives, with our hearts, we persevere. It's with our hearts we persevere. This is an extraordinary thought. See, this, the thing that keeps us moving forward is our hearts. When we have no, no energy left, no will left, it's our hearts. It's our hearts that keep us moving forward. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do. It's hearts like David's heart, and his heart was like God's. That's why God loved David so. That's why we need to guard our hearts. That's why we need to know who we are in him. That's why we need to remember the revelation that we're sons and daughters of God, that our, our citizenship is not here, it's up there. You know, we actually walk around like, like, like diplomats in a foreign country with diplomatic immunity because we actually went from heaven. And if we know that truth in our hearts, you know what? Man, the enemy knocked me down today. But I'm going to get up. This is, this is just fleeting. I know that he's lost the battle. He, the enemy's under my feet. Yeah. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. So when that time comes, when the enemy has a go at you this year in 2020, you have everything you need to get up. And everything you need to keep walking. See, perseverance is the key to receiving so much of what Father has ready to give us. You know, David was rejected three times on his way to fight Goliath. And every time, every time it came against him, rejection came against him, he brushed it off and he kept moving towards his destiny. You know, it sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? Heading to his destiny, the cross. He fell under the weight of the cross three times, they say. And three times, you tell me how he did that. Three times he got back up, brushed himself off, and he kept walking with the cross. Because he had the ruach of God in him, the strength and the courage. He had God's heart. He is God. And he got up, and he, with your heart you persevere. Yeah? They suffered, they persevered. And so when rejection comes against us, we'll breathe in deep. 
Ruach, strength, courage, yeah? And we'll persevere because we've guarded our hearts. And I love this because it's in our hearts. It's where our true identity lives. And then once we, we're persevering, we'll actually finish with our character. See, our character is what's made over a lifetime. Yeah? It's, it's continually being forged day by day. And in fact, I'm going to suggest that your character is not complete until you've suffered. Yeah? Our character is forged only after we've suffered, only after we've persevered. The dad said, with their lungs, with their breath they run, with their heart they persevere, with their character they finish. Romans 5, 3 and 4 says this, Not only so, but we also glory in our suffering." Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, yeah, character. And perseverance, character. You want a character like God, persevere. If you feel like you're falling short in your character, maybe we haven't persevered. Yeah? I love that. So in 2020, hang in there. God's got something for us all, yeah? Don't give up. If Father God has allowed us, you've got, to, you've got to know this about God too. He doesn't bring the suffering, but if he's allowed suffering to happen, he has got a blessing for us. Yeah? So this year, our theme, our word, I shared it last week, was a sense that it's revealed. And I just believe that Father God's going to reveal the sons and daughters of God. How will they be revealed? Because as you suffer, yeah? So you breathe in the Ruach and you continue. And with your heart, you persevere. Your character is formed. This year, for many of us, our destinies are going to be revealed. For many of us, the giants are going to be revealed and the works of the enemy will be revealed. But the works of God are going to be revealed. See, rejection may come against us from our families, from those we admire and looked up to, even from the stronghold itself. But we've been equipped like David. David passed through rejection and he just was able to go on and finish the purpose of God for his life. It's because he knew who he was in his heart. He knew God made him. You and I should know that we're made by God uniquely. The person next to you is nothing like you. For some of us, praise God for that. He's made us beautifully, intentionally, purposefully, wonderfully. So when I'm rejected, my heart knows all that and I persevere. And as we suffer, it leads to perseverance. And as we persevere, it creates character. And character shows up in our darkest and toughest places. And you know what I love? Because when our character is called into question, that scripture in Romans says, what comes next after character? Hope. Who's our sure hope? Jesus. You want to see Jesus in the circumstances of your life? You go through your suffering. You persevere. As you persevere, your character is formed. And as your character is shown, Jesus is there. Yeah? Hang in there. Get up again. Yes, I know you're tired at times. You thought it was God's call, but it's tough. You've suffered, but now it's time to persevere. God's forging your character, yeah? Why don't we stand?
I want to pray. I know what I need, musicians. Ah, yeah, just throw everybody up there. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got 28 seconds left. Though they started the clock 42 seconds early. So I've maybe got a minute, which doesn't include the altar call. But I want to pray for people this morning. My sense is to pray for people this morning. You know, 2020 has the ability to be a phenomenal year. We have opportunities before us that we not yet see, that will be revealed. Yeah? There's purposes and plans that are going to be revealed to many of us. There are strongholds in our life and giants that are going to be revealed that we're going to stand up against like David, even though we thought we couldn't. But this time we're going to win the battle. We've lost it before, felt rejection before. But this time, but this time, at this time it's going to be different. You know, I want to pray for those that feel that they need a fresh breath of God, the Ruach of God. Yeah, I know His life's in you, but His strength and His courage. You know, I want to pray for those people who know that their hearts could be stronger, that they want the walls of their heart almost strengthened so that they can persevere. And I want to pray for those that want to see their character forged into the image of Jesus. Be careful with that one. Because your character is forged after your suffering, during your perseverance. So there's a cost, yeah, to being like Jesus. But we're going to open the altar and the guys are going to sing. And if you would love prayer, then I want you to come forward. I don't know everybody here, I don't, or do I? I might. But if you've never asked God to come into your life and you want to make Jesus number one in your life, I want to give you an opportunity too. So if you would like prayer for those things, please don't be embarrassed about the people next to you. Just come to the altar. And as we worship as a family, we're going to pray as a family in Jesus' name because it's with our breath that we run, yeah? It's with our hearts that we persevere. And it's with our character that we finish. Thanks, Ross.